Welcome to the Fit Aviators Club podcast, where aviation, fitness, and mindset meet to improve the balance of your health and quality of life in aviation. This is your host, Fernando Contreras, and let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I have been MIA a little bit just because I've had so many things going on in uh, other aspects of my life. I got hired by a major airline, so I'm super stoked about that. And uh, just been on minimal days off this month. Our airline just had scheduling that was a little bit um, more packed. And I don't know if you guys can hear, there's a bunch of thunder. Uh, there's a thunderstorm going on outside my house. So if you hear some crazy noises, don't mind that. Um, so yeah, our, our airline is having a, a little bit more condensed schedules with a little bit less days off and a little bit more flying within those days. Uh, so it's kind of been a little bit harder to get an episode in, but here we are now, and I'm super excited to share that we have a couple of guests coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. We have two uh, guests coming from the Miami Air Traffic Control Tower. They are super, super awesome set of guys, and they are actually twins. They're going to be on the show within the next coming weeks, so it'll be uploaded in May. We also have a meteorologist, which is a client of mine that I train, and uh, he's going to be coming on the show. Super cool about what he does. He also travels a lot and does a lot to stay fit while he's on the road. And then we also have a couple other airline pilots from various different airlines that are going to share their journey with uh, fitness and flying and their methods on how they keep a healthy lifestyle on the road. So those episodes and those shows will be coming pretty soon within the next month or two, and I'm super excited to be able to interview these individuals and just bring out some more information that will benefit everybody. So today's episode, I just kind of did it on the fly. There is no script. I didn't write down notes. I didn't write down anything of what I'm going to talk about, but it was these topics in which I have been wanting to talk about as I did all my flying for this month and just having various different conversations with different first officers that kind of brought out a these topics that I will share with you today. So it's it'll be a little bit of all over the place, but you may get something out of this, which is really cool. Um, some of the things we'll be talking about is optimizing your fitness with your lifestyle while you're on the road. We talked about how to optimize fitness in a previous episode, but uh, I'm going to share with you some other things that I told my first officer that maybe will definitely benefit him and can benefit you as well. And then we're actually going to be talking about some relationship stuff, which is a huge, huge topic uh, in aviation, especially flight tech topic or even a flight attendant jump seat topic is relationships. 100% of the time, more often than not, you will get in a conversation regarding relationships. And so very, very uh, great conversation that I have with this other first officer. She has some great inputs and uh, I am also certified as a intervention coach by the Ramiz Madonna's training. And one of the cool aspects of that is that we are trained to intervene with coaching in cer certain psychological aspects with diff different areas in your life. Obviously, I tailor it way more into the fitness lifestyle, but a huge um, passion of mine is really understanding human behavior with within a relationship. So how two humans uh, behave with each other and why certain relationships work and why they don't. And it's also a pretty big, um, I would say, 
it's a it's a pretty big deal in aviation because there is a lot there, the, the divorce rate is really really high, and um, so it, it is in in other industries as well. But we're in aviation, so we'll be talking about that. And then um, it's just if you can have a different perspective, it may just change, you know, your view on a relationship or how your relationship can turn into a different direction, like for the better. Um, not that I'm saying that everybody would need this, but that certainly the a lot of the topics that I have talked about on the flight deck have been in terms of relationship. And it's not easy. It's not easy to maintain a good, healthy relationship while you're on the road. Um, so we will talk about some of those aspects in the show. And here we go. So one of the coolest aspects about training is that you don't necessarily have to have a such strict routine, right? You can always change different variations of training. So for example, you can change the amount of rest time that you're doing to work on more cardiovascular. You can change the amount of time that your muscles are under tension. You can change the amount of weight. You can change the amount of rep, the amount of sets, and all those are going to give you a totally different kind of result as well as physically and psychologically as well. So uh, one of the conversations I was having with my first officer was that he used to be an Olympic lifter back in the day and in college. And now he's like, dude, I lost total motivation on how to stay fit. And I know how to do the exercise, but I just can't pass, can't, can't get passed through that block, mental block to stay fit. And, you know, we, we were chatting and, and as we were continuing to chat and he was telling me about all his different um, experiences during powerlifting in college. He's, he's, he said to me one key thing, which stood out to me, and this is where I kind of knew where to kind of intervene with this. He said, I just, if I can only have 30 minutes, but his workouts in powerlifting, and which is primarily what all he knew, take two hours. And he, so there was that mental misconnection between what he's used to and what else there is out there. And so I kind of suggested him the German volume training. Um, method of exercising, which is you're training for a certain amount of volume, and it's usually done in 10 sets of 10 repetitions. You get in there, you do your proper warm up, you knock out 10 sets of 10, and you're done. You're literally on. I actually did that today at the gym with squats. My legs are killing me, but um, good killing me. And that might just be the opening uh, to that mental block that he has for him to get back into that routine because he says he misses it. He says he he really wishes he can get back to it, but it's just like I, f- I feel where that comes from because I have that with long-distance running, and I used to do it a lot before, and now for me it's this mental block that I just can't like get past because I become bored of just running. After 5K, I just, I, my, I'm just like, I'm done. I need to either sprint or go do some other crazy stuff, but... Part of part of being able to help people is also being understanding for where they come from, right? And that's obviously with experience. But I totally think that this method of training is going to help him get past that mental block and crush even more workouts. And and it's a gradual increase, right? It's a gradual motivation in the journey of just he starts with German volume training, ten sets of ten, and then he's like, well, I think I want a little bit more. And then it's up to the individual itself and. He's holding, he's going to hold himself accountable for, you know, wanting to get back to different methods of training and wanting to experience what else that there is out there, because ultimately you are going to feel good. What you, what you want to 
ultimately get that good feeling of is you feel healthy, right? The physical comes after, but you feeling healthy, you feeling good, you feeling like you're going to sit in the flight deck and not have any lower back pain, you, that you can move around here and there. If you're commuting, you got to put up your bags in the overhead bin, no problem. Squatting down, no problem. That's the kind of lifestyle that I, I, I would want more people to to have. It's not just about the physical because, yeah, the physical is great while we're young, but as we get older, like some of that stuff doesn't even really matter anymore, you know? And it's just really about how you truly feel every single day. And, and fitness is one of those things that it creates a physical development, a physical change in your body that psychologically makes you feel good. And I'm not talking body image. I'm talking about, again, movement, uh, efficiency of movement, injury prevention. So the German volume training is pretty cool. Um, so that's what I'm going to do for the next two weeks. Um, I kind of had a, like a, a very deloaded um training phase after I went heavy with the five sets of five. I did that for four weeks and uh, I totally saw like great, like muscular development, more hypertrophy. I felt really good. I started to get a little bit more, um, tense in my muscles, not to say that doing heavier weight reduces flexibility. As long as you have flexibility as part of your, of your routine, you're actually can maintain almost the same flexibility. Because at the end of the day, what you're looking for is a range of motion in which you can create a resistance through a longer range of motion, right? So if you're not flexible and you're only curling a very small amount through a range of a very small range of motion, you're literally only activating a small part of your biceps. So range of motion is super important. And that's why flexibility um, is important to be incorporated in every single one of your workouts. But I did lack on that. That's one of those things that kind of I need to be a lot better at. It's just forcing myself to like be more flexibility. And I've gotten a whole lot better because now um, I dedicate days where I just do flexibility and that's it. And my body's felt so much better, so much better. So I, I totally, totally recommend including some flexibility in your routines. Um, it could be on an off day. It could be on a long day that you've had, you know, duty-wise, or if you have uh, a set of days where you've just been super overloaded and you you know you, you just don't have the energy to go to gym, hit up hit up some flexibility and you'll feel you'll feel fantastic. So the other kind of uh, exercise training or method of training that I was gonna, I recommended to another first officer that I flew with is the variances between you know the tempos. The tempos what it means is you your your repetitions go through a three part phase. You have the eccentric portion, which is where your muscles are extending. You have the emerization, which is your the signal in which your muscle or your nervous system sends to your muscular system on how fast it's going to contract or how slow. And then you have the cocentric, which is the actual contraction of those muscle fibers. So the point is that with every single t different type of tempo, you're going to get a different kind of result. One big thing is, is while you are, for example, if I, if I tell you that it, you should do a plyometric exercise versus a slow tempo exercise, what we're doing here is we're slowing down how, how, or how fast you're going to extend and contract that muscle or have a pause in the 
extended uh, portion of the exercise and then contract again. All these different variables is how we're managing, managing that energy within your muscles. A plyometric exercise will give you, for example, it's a plyometric exercise you're trying to do, spend a little, the most little amount of time possible making contact with the ground or with whatever it is, for example, on a jump. Why? Because in that amortization phase, the slower or the longer that you take in order to contract the muscle, energy starts to dissipate. So what you want to do is an plyometric or an explosive exercise you always want to reduce the amount in which you're you're going to change from eccentric to cocentric, right? If we're working on some type of pause and stability with strength, we all we want to have like a one second pause in between that extension and contraction, right? That's just going to generate a whole different kind of signal activity from your nervous system to your muscular system. It's going to generate a whole different level of stability on the exercise that you're doing. And you're also going to get a different type of result. So if you're training to be fast and explosive and you just want to be able to be uh, very agile, you're going to train with memorization phase. If you're training more for a stable yet uh, range of motion kind of exercise and you want to get through like as much fiber contraction as possible as you can, then you slow down that tempo and you hold. You can even have a pause in the eccentric portion, uh, sorry, in the amortization portion. You have that pause there while your muscles extended and then you contract at a nice controlled pace and now you have a totally different result than if you were trying to be explosive right? That's that slower pace is going to give you a lot more stability, a different kind of muscular development, muscular muscle recruitment. And then also it's going to, uh, it's going to give you more strength per the range of motion. Sometimes when we do apply a metric or we do an explosive workout because we want to explode, sometimes we don't get to the full range of motion that we can. And Thus, we kind of lose a little bit of a little bit of uh, of of energy that we don't, we don't lose energy, but we kind of lose some of that range of motion in which we can push through a little bit more. Um, but then again, we don't want to spend too much time in that extended range of motion phase because we're trying to get us get there as fast as possible. So what I'm trying to drive home with this is is that if you focus on your gym, uh, on the gym, or your exercises, more on the stability side, slower tempo, maybe with the pause. A great alternative when you're on the road, if you're at, at a hotel and the gym sucks and outside is cold or it's raining, you could do a plyometric workout in your room, which is super, super easy to do. Um, I would just make sure I would do it at a time where it's not the morning or it's not late evening so that nobody below you, if you're like on the second or third floor of a hotel, nobody, nobody below you will have to hear you <laughs> be jumping around and doing all these kind of crazy shits. So... Yeah, I would I would totally pick a, a, a good time for it. And if you're on the first floor, you can do it whatever time you want. Um, and then just have a good plyometric workout. You could do, you know, like anything that keeps your body moving, anything that you're gonna have very minimal time on the uh, on the floor, you know, either jump roping or doing high knees, quick knees. You could do ski jumpers and all these different types of variations. You know, obviously you wanna have like a 
like a, a systematic way of doing this. You, you're not just going to do a whole bunch of random exercises, which you can, and you'll still get some, some sort of workout in, but you kind of always want to have structured properly so that you get the best results and you get the best efficiency, right? Because if you're always training, let's say you're, you're, you like to do a bunch of just, um, jump squats, right? For your plyometrics, spending as little time as possible, touching the ground and jumping right back up. You're only working on the sagittal plane of your body, meaning the front and the back, but it's also very important to increase your plyometric on the lateral side of your body. So the left and the right, and you want to have stable and strong adductors as well as stable and strong AB ductors, right? That's going to help you support when you do anything on the sagittal plane again, it's going to help you support better those squats when you do it. So if you do a lot of squats, 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 and for example, maybe you don't do a lot of ski jumpers, which is you're kind of basically just jumping from one leg to the other laterally, um, that's really using plyometric and stabilization of your AB ductors and your adductors. So it's, it's a really good combination to have both of them. So always keep in mind, hey, what kind of what, where am I working out my body? Is it just the front of the back? Am I doing anything lateral? Am I doing anything rotational? Which rotational is huge, also important because as we get up from the flight deck seats or the flight attendant jump seats, uh, we, in, in depending where the flight attendant jump seat is, but we, especially in the flight deck, we need to get up and rotate to either one side and step out kind of crunching down because some flight decks are really low and just kind of like make your weight out of the flight deck. Um, somebody needs to invent a flight deck in where we can fly standing or something like that, or have the option. Cause God dang, some of these flight decks are so tiny, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. I make myself crack up to the stupidest things. I don't know why I just thought of that, but anyway, super important to work on the, um, rotational aspect of your body as well. This, Mostly I drive home for injury, injury prevention. All right. So now getting into the relationship portion of this podcast. And interesting enough, uh, like I mentioned before, that it's a big topic in the flight deck to talk about relationships. And it's very interesting to, from my standpoint, to hear the relationships in between a pilot and a non-pilot and to in a, in a relationship between two aviation crew members and the dynamic is totally totally different and it's very very important to first recognize you know obviously the the relationship in that you're in it's much easier said than done but in this particular case i was speaking with a first officer who's who is in a relationship with somebody else that is a crew member and you know we were talking about uh levels of relationships now there are three levels in relationship. This is a concept from Tony Robbins, which I learned in his course. That there are three levels of relationships are one, if you're at level one, you're at the lowest level of playing in a relationship. And not to say playing in a relationship because that, that just sounded really bad, but you, you, working as a team, okay? That's way better said. <laughs> so level one is basically you are not doing anything to fulfill your partner's needs. Each individual person has needs that need to be fulfilled and each own person can fulfill their own needs in various different ways, whether they're good, bad, or neutral. But at some point, if you're in a relationship, you'd like your partner to be able to 
help you fulfill some of these needs or give you fulfillment in some of these needs that are different than in your own. So level one of our relationship is your partner and you do not do anything to fulfill each other's needs like at all. Everybody's in their own separate ways. You're basically a team with no direction. Level two of a relationship is what we call conditional love, meaning that you will fulfill your partner. See, you will do things for your partner and compromise as long as you have the condition that they'll, they'll do the same thing for you. And if they don't do it for you, then you're not going to do it. So that's level two in a relationship. And level three of our relationship is within the highest spiritual level of relationship status and own own individual um, emotional intelligence is unconditional love. And this is truly a unconditional love is a word that is used frequently, but I don't really know if everybody truly knows what that is or to truly do that one because it's hard as hell to do it. And two, if you're willing to work on it, you get through that hump of how hard it is and it becomes super easy. Super easy because your passions all of a sudden change with the person that you're with. And unconditional love means that you are willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill your partner's needs without expecting anything in return. And so she brought up a really good question saying, well, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line in where you feel like you're playing level three, but your teammate is not? And that was that was very, very interesting because I've never had a question like that. I've always had a question where everybody was in level one, level two, but I've never really thought about, well, what if you're already in level three and you're not feeling that from your partner. And there's to each individual person, this answer varies. But when you feel like you're le- you're at a level three, right? And you're really genuinely being at a level three without truly expecting anything in return from your partner, and you feel your partner is not fulfilling your like not fulfilling back, not it's not reciprocating then either a certain amount of time has to go by, um, th- you know, reevaluating the communication in which you are communicating. Because if your partner doesn't, if your partner is so, for example, super busy and doesn't um, really like connect with how the relationship's going right now, but you are, your partner's subconsciously getting their needs fulfilled, he, he or she probably doesn't know where those needs are being fulfilled from. And even though it's the other person's work that they're doing that, that they're going out of the way to fulfill their partner's need, that person may not recognize that it's from their partner that it's coming from, right? So if that's never communicated, it's not really fair to be like, oh, you don't do anything for me. And this is what I always do for you. And if like, well, what if we would just would have communicated that then you know, you probably wouldn't have to got have gotten to that level of, you know, oh, wow, we're playing in two different levels, right? Sometimes, sometimes you have to realize that your partner, if they're not, if they're not aware of how much you're doing, maybe they need a little, a little hold by the hand. And let me show you, not like, not let me throw it in your face or not, not let me rub it on you that this is what I do for you. But like, 
have that kind of communication, kind of guide them through to kind of realize, oh shit, wow, yeah, my, my partner's been doing this for me and, and I haven't really done anything. And if you get to that point, it still doesn't change. That might be your line, right? That might be your line where you're just like, okay, yeah, seriously, like we need to do something different in order for us to either communicate better. Let me share with you how I value my needs, how I fulfill my needs, right? A different kind of conversation, a whole different kind of intervention happens after that. But communicating is a huge, huge draw of the line. Time also is a huge draw of the line. But again, using time without that communication is almost sort of not fair because you're you're going to act on something in which communication hasn't been established. And the first most important thing is obviously communicating with your partner. The more open and communicative you can be with your partner, the easier it becomes. I know it's a lot harder said than done, and there's obviously intervention techniques for that, which I'm not going to get into now. But, you know, drawing the line, again, it's up it's up to that person. But you really kind of want to first evaluate, well, what kind of level am I playing versus what kind of level are they playing? And, you know, a lot of the times we often... We are, humans are like, we are very selfish, right? Sometimes we, especially nowadays, sometimes we are in, in it for the instant gratification and sometimes we're in it for just like, what about me? What about me? What about me? The more you think about what about me? What about me? The more you fall into that, where are my needs going to be um, fulfilled by you? And, and you may not even realize that you're not doing anything to fulfill your partner's needs. So your partner's not feeling that reciprocation. So most of the time too, it's really starts with self-realization. Are you being that level three or are you playing at level two, level one? And that before anything, before even communication will allow you to get a more of a foundation of, wow, where's our relationship at right now? And how can we go from here, right? Instead of just jumping to conclusions, instead of just jumping to this and trying to figure this thing out, getting into arguments and this, this and that, um, take a step back, take a step back and kind of realize what level of relationship you're in, communicate, and then formulate a plan after that and follow through. Because the journey in where you and your partner go through in different challenges in life is what gives you a much stronger bond, right? You get through a hard time with your partner together, that's even stronger. That solidifies the relationship. That increases your things that you probably didn't even see about your partner before. Uh, things that you that make you fall even more in love with your partner that you know you didn't even like or you know found attractive. And that's that's one of the beauties of self-realization, communication, and executing a plan. So Yes, I have these kind of conversations all the time with people on the flight deck. It's like almost, uh, I wouldn't really call it like a session, but people thoroughly enjoy these things. And obviously, I don't do it unsolicited. I kind of obviously see how the conversation's going. And then from there, you know, I kind of feel out if that person wants to hear what I have to say or not. Um, but I'm, I'm truly, truly thankful that, you know, I understand these concepts and that I have that course and certification from uh, the Robbins Madonna's training center, which is Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's and also Mark and Magali Pesha, that they put this coaching institute together to be able to pass down Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's teachings 
to other people and so that greatness can can still be achieved from from people in in in, in that specific way um if you don't know who tony robbins is you probably should look him up on youtube take a time to just see one of his um, performances and he is a person who's changed the lives of so many i got into valuing his work because i used to work for tony robbins personal trainer billy beck and um at the time that i was working for billy beck he wasn't tony's personal trainer yet but he certainly admired him so much at that time that whenever billy did seminars uh now that i think about it you, you know as i've realized over the years they the, the energy the enthusiasm the changing of lives it was just you could tell it was like like tony's influence and it was it was really really cool to experience that with billy because that guy has changed my life in so many ways and i and i he's one of the persons that i look up to the most um but you know be, because i worked for him i got introduced to tony robbins work and and i've never met him but i never met tony but you know from everything that i see through his courses through his youtubes and everything man i just want to like conquer the world every time i just watch something that he says and it really puts me at ease. It, it like when I feel like I'm out of like my element, I like sometimes watch one of his videos and it just kind of I I come back to ground and I'm just like, okay, hell yeah, here we are, let's go, you know. So it's super super motivational. I'm I'm super grateful to have learned some things from him in that in that course and um, and continuing to uh, further my education with that because it's super super important not only to train the body but also to train the mind. So I hope you guys got some great info on today's episode. Again, uh, in the coming shows, we will have some featured guests. I'm super excited to share their journey in their lifestyle in aviation. And um, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.